Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me today. As we wait on a little bit of recruiting news, I, I've said for like three days now, I expect more recruiting news to come in one way or another. Hadn't happened yet. So in the meantime, got something else for you today. I owe you an episode, so I'm going to bring that to you right now. First, I do want to remind you, uh, please subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. Also, uh, if you're listening in browser or, or anywhere else, uh, don't do that. Pull out your podcast app on your phone. Search Rebel Report, and if you like what you hear, leave a rating and a review. Also, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, all under the same name, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. Follow on Twitter, like on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube. Okay, so the basketball team lost again. Ole Miss basketball, for all intents and purposes, at the moment, is dead. Um, And the, the conversation needs to be had or needs to start being had anyway. There's a long time between now and when things will really start moving, but still uh, another loss and the inevitability of where this season and the direction of the program is headed. We had to have the first real conversation about this on the radio show yesterday. So instead of trying to repeat myself, uh, I I liked how we started it yesterday. So you'll hear a lot of Richard. You'll hear a lot of me. I think Haydad chimes in a little bit as well on this, but this is uh, this was the Wednesday, so this was yesterday, after the Missouri loss, and we didn't really focus on the game, obviously more about you know what's going to happen now, moving forward, that kind of stuff, the state of the program, and, and what to expect in the immediate uh, future, and then the long-term future, and Keith Carter and his approach, and stuff like that. So uh, I'll play that for you because I thought it was good. It's a good introduction to a conversation that's going to extend for weeks now. And um, yeah, so that is today's show. On this podcast, brought to you by Advantage Business Systems, absms.com is the website. Again, Advantage Business Systems. Let me say it a little bit more clear. If you or your business are located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi and you're in the market for office technology, so anything from copiers and printers and mail machines down to cloud storage and data security and anything in between, Again, if you or your business is located in this state and you need office technology, they have got you covered at Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you tell them I sent you, you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need, what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. All right. So here that conversation is right now. You'll hear Richard first um, about... Ole Miss basketball and everything that comes with that. So here that is now. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll see you when the news finally drops, which is maybe soon, maybe not. We'll see. At this point, I don't know. But here's the basketball conversation for you now. Um, But that's not where we need to start on the basketball conversation. Ole Miss hosted Missouri last night. Uh, Missouri won the game. Missouri was a – they were a favorite going in. And especially in the first half, just shot absolutely lights out. 47 points in the first half for Missouri. They won at 89-77, 12-point win when it was was all said and done. 
Uh, I will give you, just for, for the sake of doing it, Missouri's shooting. It was, I mean, it was something. In the first half, Missouri went 15 of 25 from the field, 60%. 9 of 15 from 3, 60%. 8 of 9 from the free throw line. In the second half, they cooled off considerably. They only shot 52% from the field and 47% from behind the arc. For the game, 55.4 on 31 of 56. 53.3 on 16 of 30 from behind the arc. And they were 11 of 13 from the free throw line. I'll go back to the drum that I was beating a week ago. Make shots, win games. Defense, rebounding, blah, 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 blah. Make shots, win games. Missouri made a bunch of shots last night. And they won by 12, comfortably on the road. Oh, this wasn't awful. Shooting the basketball, 44% from the field, 36% from behind the arc, 72% from the line. But when one team shoots 55% and the other team shoots 44%, guess who's going to win? So, there's the game, right? I mean, we can go through scores or whatever if you want to do that, but I don't know that that's... Deshaun Ruffin had a better game last night, 18 points. There were 2,500 people at that game last night. That's a problem. It's not a new problem, but it's maybe the most significant problem. And this is one of those times where if you want to talk about game time and day of the week, I mean, yes, there there was a time where every basketball game in the SEC was on a Wednesday night or a Saturday. You could build your calendar around it with a very few exceptions, and all of the Wednesday night games tipped off at 7 o'clock. And 7 o'clock is like the perfect time, right? I mean, you can get from work, you can go to the game, you're not too late getting home. If you live out of town, you can get there, you can still get home, you know, midnight-ish. It's doable. Here's the truth. You're good and you're winning. People show up at 8. They show up at 6. They show up at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. They show up at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They'll show up for a 1 o'clock tip-off on Sunday afternoon. Whatever. you, you got to give them a reason to come, but they'll come. And so time of game, day of week is just an excuse. In its box score, Ole Miss announced 6,260. That's fine. Whatever. Reported attendance, tickets sold. We know how the game works. There are 2,500 people at the game last night. You have a 9,500-seat arena that is, what, about five years old? That cost $100 million. And it was operating at 26.5% capacity last night. For an SEC game in January, the first week that students are back in full, and 26% of the building was full. Wonder how much smaller that number would have been had the national championship baseball team not been there to sign autographs. Smaller. It was by far the biggest ovation of the night when they brought them onto the floor and announced them. Here they are, and they threw T-shirts into the gra- into the crowd. So yeah, you had about a bunch of people that showed up to get autographs before the game. I don't know that that appreciably affected the attendance number one way or the other. I mean, was it the difference in twenty three hundred and twenty five hundred at the game? Maybe. But the point is, 
You have a $100 million basketball facility that still kind of has a new car smell to it. And you're playing a conference game on a Tuesday night with students back on campus that tips off at 6 o'clock so that the people that are diehards in Memphis or Jackson or Tupelo or West Point or wherever that wanted to come to a game could still come and get home at a reasonable time. And only one out of every four seats in the building had a person in it. People have given up. I mean, Mike says tickets were a dollar on StubHub. I mean, yeah. Which might be overpriced. Yeah. And and look, this is not taking shots. This is not standing on a podium and banging a gavel for an immediate change or, or whatever. It's just... You've gotten to the point where the conversation cannot be ignored any longer. I think we've kind of all tiptoed around it to this point. Last year was a tough scene. There were some changes in the offseason to the coaching staff. The roster changed. But it's not like the roster changed in a way that you're like, ooh, yeah. Oh, yes. Here we go. It just it changed with guys. We knew in March. That's that's the thing, and we're up against the heartbreaks. So we'll talk about this more, I'm sure. But it, I went back and listened to what we were saying in March. This is exactly what everybody expected to happen. They're probably worse they're they're worse, but I don't. Uh, only the thickest wearers, or the wearers of the thickest red and blue glasses out there, would have thought that this team was going to be anything other than what it is, which is not good enough. Yeah, I agree with that, but I do think that there are people who could reasonably have looked at it and go, you know, that's a really difficult start to conference play. You know, you got to win one out of those first four and not go 0 and 4. And then you got to win at South Carolina. You got to beat Missouri at home. I mean, th- I think there are people that are reasonable that might have looked at the schedule and said, three and four at this point in league play. Well, they'd still be in the conversation had they not lost to North Alabama and UCF and. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll continue this conversation when we come back. Ceasefire text line 601 879 4395. A lot of thoughts from you on Ole Miss basketball. Um, here's one. It's bad for sure, but Kermit Davis can coach. I remember him bringing a bunch of zero stars down here from Middle Ten- Tennessee and schooling Ole Miss. When was that? I'm not saying that that didn't happen because it happened, but what year was it? Five and six years ago. I mean, you know, in the cup. I I don't remember specifically. I mean, wasn't it like 2016? Either either way, my guess is because I've been thinking about this today. Some is 
since he did take Middle Tennessee to the NCAA tournament, what, three times? Um, he was there 16 years, but the first 11 years didn't make the tournament and then made it three times. Yeah. So had a really good run there at the end. I'm going to run this by you, actually, because I, I don't know for sure, but it, it makes sense to me. Think about how much the game has changed since Ole Miss hired him to be their head basketball coach. The, the, the college basketball and basketball and college sports, how much has changed since he was hired? The, the game is different now. Alabama's the best team in the SEC. It helps because they have a, a lottery pick, but they play a free-flowing, three-point shooting style. It's what they do. Style has changed in basketball. It's more analytically driven. It's three-point shots and shots at the basket. It's faster, faster-paced. The transfer portal ha- has come. Is not used the transfer portal well. I mean, th- this offseason, it was a requirement to get offense. Did not get offense. Got guys that struggled offensively at their previous stops to the point where one of the players they signed, in the press release, they talked about how he wasn't good facing the basket. Literally said that in the release of his signature. Uh, and you got to treat players differently. I, I know somebody was at the game last night, and it's nothing new. And you, you can't treat players, not not every player, some players you can, some take it well, some don't, but... The, the, you make a mistake, get out type stuff that happens far too much is not resonating with young kids anymore. There's a reason that his players get better when they leave his program. And that's, it's true. They do. Look at what Jarkel Joyner did last night for NC State. When he go for 28, was it 28, 6, and 5 last night? So I, my theory is that, yes, good coach was really, was good at Middle Tennessee, had a nice run. And then things changed, quickly changed. He didn't change with it. Yeah, you know, I, I think Kermit Davis knows basketball. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, 28 points for Jarkel Joyner last night in a win at home over Notre Dame. What do you have? 21 uh, against Duke last week, also. Oh, I don't know. He's averaging a career-high 17 points per game this year, shooting 44% from the field. Been good. He had 28 against Notre Dame last night, 18 against UNC, 19 against North Carolina, 11 against Miami, 21 against Virginia Tech, last five games. But he's gone. Yeah. So but, it, not, and, but, but your point is a good one. I mean, he would be the best or the second best scorer on this Ole Miss team, and with Matthew Morell out, he would be the best scorer on this team. But well, we don't have to debate the Jarkel Joiner Lee. That you know, yeah. That that is an unfortunate footnote for Kermit Davis in this story. Um, somebody sent a message that said Andy Kennedy was mediocre at best. But he was better than Kermit. Ole Miss men's basketball is painful to watch. Look, it didn't end well for Andy Kennedy. Right, He stepped down before the season ended, and it was time. Andy admits that. Ole Miss admits that. Yeah, all of the things. 
Andy Kennedy was and is a really good basketball coach. I've had some... I'm not like a super in-depth basketball guy, but I've had conversations with Andy Kennedy where I've learned a lot, and I've been part of a conversation where he and another basketball guy are talking, and he's explaining why he does some of the things the way he does some of the things, and you're like, oh, the, the guy that says they play street ball, tell me you don't know basketball without telling me you don't know basketball. That, that's kind of the, the takeaway that you would have. It's like there is absolutely a method to the madness in the way he goes about things. So calling Andy Kennedy mediocre at best, I think is I don't I think you're being disingenuous with that. And the problem with Andy Kennedy was he didn't get to the tournament enough, right? Twelve right. years and Couple of trips to the tournament, and if he, you know, gets in two or three more times that were bubble years, he's still the coach at Ole Miss. Yeah, and, and with the net, maybe he would have, but it doesn't maybe. matter because the net yeah. wasn't there at the time. Um, calling it painful to watch. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you on that point. It's it's a tough watch right now, and this is. I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's an uncomfortable conversation, and it's uncomfortable because who Kermit Davis is as a person and as a man and in the community and and all of those things. But the truth of the matter is, I can't sit here in good conscience and lie to you either. He is not compensated in the way that he is compensated because he's a good man and he's great in the community and he knows the game of basketball. He's compensated in the way that he is with an expectation of winning. And you're not asked to win at a super high level at Ole Miss, right? I mean, the, the, the threshold of getting into the tournament, what, two out of four years, half every other year? One at one out of three years, you know what? Whatever, yeah. whatever that threshold is for you, that's not an unreasonable bar in college basketball, and it's certainly not an unreasonable bar when you're making three million dollars a year. And if you can't reach that, then there's there's no choice. There's no decision to be made. There's no decision to be made for Keith Carter. At the end of this season, the decision is being made for him in the ledger with wins and losses. Ole Miss is one and seven in Southeastern Conference play. Borky, you put the number in our notes five and 21 over the last two seasons. And you pointed out to me something that I wish I didn't know. They have now not won a home SEC game in over a calendar year. That's unsustainable. It's untenable. It's unappealing. It's you, 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 you can't keep doing it. And, and so that's why I say it's it's not a deal of, well, I mean, what is what what's Keith Carter gonna do? You know, there's this long track. No, the, the, there's no decision to be made. Does that make sense? Like 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 whether or not Keith Carter wants to make the call that he is going to ultimately have to make. Is irrelevant. Yeah. 
I, I saw not necessarily hang ri- hand wringing, but uh, over the last few weeks, honestly, uh, I've interacted with people and stuff. And one of my friends in particular, I, I hope Keith Carter doesn't check his Twitter mentions. I'm sure he does, but I hope he doesn't because he got a lot of them last night about got to do it now. Got to do it now. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting yeah, for? And, and, and I just I, I've said to these people, you don't have to do that. Everybody knows the score. Keith Carter knows the score. Kermit Davis knows the score. And you're not hiring Dusty May right now anyway. Just a name. Just you're not he's not coming right now. A guy like him is is not coming until his season's over. So you don't have to make a change right now to start doing background checks and stuff like that. And this kind of stuff won't heat up anyway <clears throat> until March comes. It's It sucks that you have to sit and wait for as long as you're going to have to sit and wait. But you don't need to, like you said, I just needed to tell some of my friends this last night. You don't need to tell Keith Carter that that this needs to happen. He knows. Yeah. He absolutely we knew at this knows. point last year. We knew at this point last year that, you know, Howland was going to end up being gone and state waited until the end. And they still got one of the top candidates that was out there. So just wait till the end of the season. That's the that's the smart play. You don't know who Dusty May is, by the way. That's the head coach at Florida Atlantic. He has fifty percent of the school's winning seasons. They're nineteen and one. With a net of eighteen and a top twenty five ranking in conference USA. And Todd Abernathy's an assistant coach on that staff as well. If uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can join us on the ceasefire text line. Brick and Tupelo says, don't know UM money situation, of course, but I was wondering if they spent too much on Lane Kiffin to get a high-quality basketball coach. No. No. I mean, there's not an endless supply of money. But, I mean, they're already paying... Three-something million a year. Yeah. So. I wonder how much, and you know, it feels kind of goofy talking about this before it happens, but I wonder how much style is going to factor into his decision. Not just wins, but how do you win? What does it look like? Because I think what you said earlier is spot on. The fans here, and, and Mississippi State fans, it, I think it applies to them as well don't have at least the ones that I interact with unrealistic expectations for basketball. They know it's not Kentucky. They know it's not Duke or Kansas, and it never will be, or Arkansas even. They, they know it won't be that. But they know they can be competitive, which is all they're asking for. And when they are, just okay Ole Miss teams in the past have been supported mightily. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen incredible electric pavilion and tad pad environments for just okay teams. But as bad as the Tad Smith Coliseum was as a building, hey dad can attest to this. He went to games there. When that place was full, that was a hard place to play for opponents. I mean Old Miss was ridiculously good in that building. And it wasn't hard to get mm-hmm. it full. People went as long as you were just interesting. Com- yeah. Just interesting. That's all people ask for. And so that, that is achievable at a place like Ole Miss. Can you be in the mix? And if you are, the people will support it. We have seen it too many times. When people argue against that, you're crazy. 
use your eyes and remember what happened. Just be interesting. But I wonder if Keith Carter's like going to look at the way these candidates' teams play and not just what their record is, but are you fun? You, you moving up and down the court? Do you, are you able to recruit these shooters that can light the gym on fire? Is it more than well, just... No, I mean, there are none of those in the SEC. you got like three guys in the entire league that can shoot. It's been a terrible shooting like. year. And there happens to be one at Alabama who's also six foot nine. But they all three of them play for Alabama. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Sears, I, I Miller, that, and one other guy. Yeah. I was just kind of thinking this is not a not terribly dissimilar to where Mississippi State was a year ago. Right, in, in, in yeah. terms of apathy well, from fans and just kind of being checked out. But that Mississippi State team it, was on the edge. That's the thing. All of those Ben Howlin teams were, like, close. And it was a, a totally different situation. I think Ole Miss fans came into this year thinking, ah, this isn't going to work, and we're just kind of hanging on to Kermit, and they'll fire him at the end of the year. Remember, last year, State had a lot of, of positive publicity they had hit the transfer portal. They had brought back Tolu Smith and Iverson Molinar, and you thought, okay, yeah. this is going to be a tournament team. And so it was less apathy than anger, you know, of like, gosh, he's blown it again. So different kind of situation. It was like the previous yeah, two years that had kind of been apathetic. Yeah, and, and then this year it turned into, okay, this this is not right. Well, So for Ole Miss this year, it's, it's just a little different situation. But, yeah, at this point last year, State fans were, they were ready to move on. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.